This is Mary Lewis at A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today, I'm talking with Hayden at the Homegrown Collective. So tell me about yourself and Homegrown Collective. Uh, so I grew up in North Carolina, uh, Greenville, North Carolina, and uh, I, I had a great childhood. Uh, you know, uh, went to school for hospitality management and business. I... Uh, the thought process leading up to Homegrown Collective, uh, I planned on in my 20s, you know, getting some rental property. And I was able to get three uh, rental houses that I am able to now use to cover my expenses while I am growing Homegrown Collective. And I, uh, a couple of years ago, wanted to figure out how to uh, create an online revenue for myself. And I thought, what? investing investment wise you think what does the world need what needs to be done what would people get behind and what could people agree with uh and i i went to uh direct my efforts towards food and the uh as i see some injustices i feel like are being done in the food production industry on the higher scales uh and I, I think a lot of other people have the same realizations that I do and also agree that it could be, it, it's a lot easier to uh, grow food locally, uh, responsibly and uh, cleaner and share it with your community. Sure. Absolutely. Um, it reminds me of the movie WALL-E, See a Need, Fill a Need, or maybe, it, no, that was a robots. Robots movie. See a Need, Fill yeah. a Need. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what, what is the homegrown collective? What are you doing? What's the project? So the homegrown collective is the thought behind it or the idea behind this and how uh, revenue will be gained is if you think about Facebook, everybody uses Facebook and Facebook makes uh, their money off of ads just from people getting on and using their platform. Our platform is directed and goal oriented for food and consumers. I'm sorry, Mary, my dogs are, are going crazy. Um, the idea is that we are the platform is like a Facebook, but it's goal oriented for agriculture, food, and consumers. And the idea is that if we get enough people using it, the ad money will then be our revenue, and we'll be going back to the farmers using the platform, creating the traffic and content, and it will all uh, should feed itself and fuel itself as the benefits for everybody. Uh, uh, fulfill uh everybody's needs okay so it's a marketing circle really so it's like a facebook platform <laughs> except you're, it's also e-commerce so there it's a there's an online store feature for for farmers who do want to sell online uh but it allows you to find within 50 miles uh whatever topics of the categories you would like to look for it'll show you within the 50 miles show you how to get to them if they take their products to farmers markets they can tell you they can show you where to go find everything uh, if they don't do the online platform. And it gives it gives them a lot of tools to be able to connect to people without having to manage a website, uh, do their own marketing. And as we promote them uh, and consumers start using the platform, the money will be going back to the farmers and uh, through our reimbursement program. As they show us their expenses, we're able to uh, donate back uh, to them with uh, shown documents. 
Nice. It sounds a lot like the Minnesota Grown program here in Minnesota, but the Minnesota Grown program, I think, is part of the state. I think it's it's affiliated with the state. Right. Uh, this is a private organization. I uh, I haven't heard much pushback from the government agriculture agencies as USDA and FDA kind of uh, – Pass regulations and restrictions without liability. I, I I I think the government organizations should be stepping up and saying, "Hey, this isn't how food should be done." Somebody's thinking about profits more than you know feeding their feeding somebody. And uh, if you look at the court cases that have been through, it's pretty obvious that there are people on the that are producing massive amounts of food that are only thinking about how to maximize profits instead of how to give people a, a good, healthy product. Mm-hmm. And I think the people who are growing food responsibly that are eating the, their own food are the ones that should be supplying and and be gaining the most business in America by the consumers. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that is becoming more and more the case. Um, we have a farmer's market in our town, city, I don't know if our our I don't know if where we live is a city or a town, but either way, where we live, we have a farmer's market and it wasn't real robust until the last couple of years. In the last couple of years, it's really picked up. More vendors have been showing up. More people have been coming to buy from them. And uh, it's it's really exciting to see that people are interested in locally grown food. Well, well and uh, obviously I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not taking credit for that idea, but I, I, I'm hoping that this platform will be able to organize those efforts. And through my research for the last two years now, uh, through speaking with everybody, it seems a lot of people, like you're saying, are starting to realize and get the idea of, I I might have to start growing my own food if I want it to be done responsibly and and healthy. And I think think it's something that a lot of people are starting to notice and uh, put efforts towards. And I'm hoping to, Organize, as be- organize that as best I can and help and learn as much as I can along the way. As my background isn't in agriculture, uh, a, a reason we I made it a nonprofit was because I know I'm gonna, we're, we're going to need the wisdom of the people doing it to guide us. And so far, we have six board members uh, from different regions across the state because I wanted you know people from the coast, people from the mountains, and I wanted to get as wide of a range of perspectives as possible to be on the board of advisors and I will be stepping down to just a, you know, app and support management role and have somebody who would be a better face for the, for the company that honestly would know more than I do. And uh, I think that would be best for our members and the, and the consumers that are using our platform to have somebody who is a little bit more knowledgeable on the agriculture side of things and let me uh, handle the app that I helped develop and, do what I know what I know how to do in, is organize in business and let the minds of the small farmers that we're hoping to help and uh, hopefully our head coordinator that will be experienced uh, let them let them run the show uh, as long as they have the same you know keep it in the same lines as our goals yeah I think you mentioned at the beginning of this that you're in North Carolina where in North Carolina uh, on the coast uh, Bell Haven North Carolina. Uh, this, the inner banks, the sound, I'm probably an hour by boat from the outer banks. Okay. Um, 
I know you you don't have an ag background, but I assume that you know generally the growing season time for North Carolina. Is it ours is like we don't plant anything until May 15th and our growing season ends at the first heavy frost, which is typically first of October. So this year I did I, I am learning. I did carrots, okra, butternut squash, some tomatillos. And and I, I was able to get uh, I was able to do it was all experimental because I'm I'm learning but I didn't feel like I could do this without saying without having at least plant, you know grown something before yeah and, and so I, uh, I I I do think it's going to be uh, something that I am uh, am going to do for the rest of my life whether I have a degree or certifications uh, I do plan on growing as much of my own food as I can. Uh, moving forward. And uh, one of the books I read called How We Eat by Paco Underhill uh, kind of reiterated my idea. He, he owns a, a fortune or one of those 500 fortune com- companies that does logistical and statistic analysis for restaurants and markets and stuff like that. And a lot of what he said in his book was pushing towards uh, more uh, what people are, what, the, what, what is happening, what we're seeing uh, occur now. And uh, I, uh, I really feel like uh, the stuff that is causing us to make a change hopefully will be uh, noticed and can be convert, uh, manipulated at some point if we get enough organized uh, efforts uh, together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There is there is nothing better than growing your own food. I'm I'm not I'm not going to tell you there's anything better because there's not. We uh, just ordered seeds so that we can do our San Marzano and early girl tomatoes again this year. And the minute I hit pay on the thing online to buy the seeds, I was like, yay, more tomatoes because we eat. So it's a Christmas package when you when you get everything when you get when you finally get it in the mail. Yeah, and we're also building a heated greenhouse. We're doing it this spring, um, starting building first part of March. And we're hoping to extend our growing season into November instead of the whole first of October. And uh, we have a a principal of a school who wants to buy produce from us during the school year. And that's really difficult to do without a heated greenhouse. So we're very excited to be breaking ground on this heated greenhouse that's a, what kind of did you what kind of issues are uh i'm are you able to sell to the school and without any issues yes yes okay, we cool. are i checked i checked with my my handy dandy friend who works for the state who's in agriculture and she said of course you can do that and i said that's very smart I definitely got to check before you do it but that's yes. awesome i I would, I would hope one of our, I want one day a program. We have something, uh, boys and girls clubs here. I think it would be amazing because if uh, to get kids involved and if we could have, you know, if there could be a class to teach kids how to grow food and then they eat it at the school. I, 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 the point being, there's a certain generation where I, this idea of growing your own food at one point almost cut off to the point where if, you know that if that generation uh, is gone, then there's there could be another there could be no generation coming behind them that would want to grow their own food and, and cause it. And the thought of this, you know, that in this ending in the next couple of generations would be is something that I really hope we can uh, 
uh, uh, fight against. And I think you do, dealing with the school is is just incredible. Hopefully the kids understand, you know, get this, hopefully they can go see your farm or something or have somebody explain to them how, how that, you know, what's going on. Yeah. It's a small school. It's a private school. And so I'm hoping that once we get one winter down, this coming winter, not the one we're in, and we're not really in a winter this year in Minnesota anyway, it's been unseasonably warm. But um, once we get some of this to them next September and October and November, I'm hoping that the guy who asked me about this, the principal, can actually schedule a field trip to bring them here in July when the gardens are in full swing so they can see what's what's happening. Yeah, no, that that's incredible. I'm, that's awesome you've already thought of that, I'm, obviously. Yeah, and I really would like to do that because I think that would be a really neat field trip for them to be able to just kind of kind of just wander around and see our chickens and see the the plants growing that are going to be growing their their lunches for the following year and that kind of thing. I think it would be really fun. And I also for them think, to understand the whole process, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I also think that it would be really fun to, to write a little article thing for our local paper about it. So I have to remember to take notes and take photos so that I can float it to the editor of the local paper and be like, hey, I have this for you. Can you use it? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... I, I, well, maybe getting to them a little earlier and telling them your plans so you don't have as many hurdles to jump through. Yeah, give them a heads up. Yeah, give yep. them a heads up. So I'm I'm right on board with you. I think that I think that people like you and people like me and the people I've been talking to on this podcast are are the heroes. I think that that we are trying our damnedest to change the world in small and big ways so that we still have a world to live in 50 years from now. Uh, I, uh, there's a quote on our website. It's uh, the efforts of millions of people using their own unique knowledge is what changes the world. And uh, as divided as our country has been, you know, lately, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm hoping food can bring us all together. And uh, hopefully we can start getting goal oriented and focusing on, like you said, changing the world or, and, and, creating uh make it hopefully leaving it in a better shape than we than we found it in yeah my youngest kid is 22 and we were talking a while ago about what the world's going to be like when he's art my age and i'm 54 his dad is 54 (laughs) and he said doesn't matter he said there's not going to be a world when i'm 54 and i thought wow (sighs) that's that's not good i said why are you saying that he says because he said the world is already starting to burn up. He said, I don't know if it's going to be here when I'm 54. And I thought that may be the saddest thing I've ever heard out of your mouth. And I, so that, that is, that is unfortunate that that is starting there. He's uh, accepting it already. Yeah. So that kind of got me thinking about things. And I, when I was his age, I was a mom of a little girl who was two and the world was a beautiful place. I loved my life. Everything was great. And for him to say at 22, there probably won't be a world when I'm your age. I was just blown away. And I thought, what can I do? What I can uh, I it, do? It's the, it's the famous astronomer. Um, I think it's maybe Neil. I, don't, I can't think of his name, but uh, he, <laughs> there's a quote. He says, if you can 
turn another planet into earth, then you can turn earth back into earth. Yep. And, uh, so that's, that stuck with me. So I, I, uh, I, our nonprofit is also able to, uh, help out with the conservation efforts too. But, uh, because if, I feel like if you don't, if you, you know, conservation efforts go hand in hand with agriculture in my mind. Yes. yes. Um, but I, I'm, I had that as we started this, it, you know, I had to wait a year for the app to be developed. And so I'm hoping we're not too late with our efforts. You know, I think that too late is just never doing it, never starting it. So you're ahead of the game because you've started it. Um, there's a saying about when's the best time to plant a tree. And I've heard anything from 50 years ago to 100 years ago. And the second best time to plant a tree is now. And so now, now is the time. Anyone who can do anything, even if it's the tiniest little recycling thing that you've never done before, do it. Because if we don't all get our acts together and start thinking about what we're doing damage-wise to the planet we live on, we're not going to be here. I don't want to soapbox too much because... It's, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir to the people who know what I'm talking about. And I feel like I'm just irritating the people who don't know what I'm talking about. But it's kind of aggravating, but kind of a good thing that I do believe a lot of people realize this and have the idea. But the bad part, the bad side of it is the efforts aren't organized. Everybody thinks it and does it. But, you know, thought without action. Thought without action is useless and action without thought is dangerous. Yes. And so if we, if we all, you know, we can all think it as much as we want, but until people start acting uh, and organizing the efforts and letting it known that it, you know, the free market is going to choose, we're going to pick what, what the people, the people will pick what they want. And if they want local food, then hopefully there won't be any, you know, any forces stopping that, uh, hopefully the people can speak for themselves when they, when it comes to their food, uh, as these efforts start, uh, coming together. Yeah. And if you, if you really think about it, if you go, if you're driving or bicycling, if you're lucky enough to live close enough to bicycle or walk, if you are driving or bicycling or walking to your local farmer's market and buying locally grown produce or other stuff too things that people just make you are taking yourself out of the carbon footprint of the produce that's at the grocery store you're not part of that anymore because you didn't pay for that service at the grocery store and so say we live three and a half four miles from town and so if we didn't grow a garden and we needed i don't know lettuce or kale and we drive to the grocery store that's in town. We're buying at the same location. The farmer's market is literally a street up from our grocery store. But if we're buying from locally grown places who are, you know, nearby, that takes that whole shipping yep. cost and, and cost to the earth away. And I understand that not everyone is going to shop at the farmer's market. I get it. But I feel like if more people did, then that would ease up some of the pain that we're putting ourselves through. 
Well, and uh, I, I, as some as you said, you know, it's hard to get people to you know you can't force people to go buy locally, go to the farmers market on Saturdays, and and, and hopefully some people will be able to shift. You know, some people are. I'm only going to go to the farmers market. I'm only going to do this. Shipping uh, food these days is one thing. If you're just an older citizen that wants to buy locally and somebody is willing to ship you, you know, food uh, properly packaged. And, and if it's just across town, if somebody doesn't want to, move, you know, it can I think there's there's ways everybody's going to have to make a little, you know, little adjustments to. uh to get, you know, to start to get these efforts to start uh, taking off, and you know, people's behaviors are going to have to change a little bit, including mine as I was as I've been starting this. Mm-hmm. So it just seems everybody it just seems uh, it'll start. Everybody, will, it, all these efforts will start at the core with each individual uh, making the choice to uh, put put effort into into making changes to do life a little differently. <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, yeah. you make little yeah. little adjustments, and then it'll become normal. Then you make more adjustments, then that becomes normal. And sooner or later, your habits have changed you or improved you. Yeah. The other thing that we heard last year when we sold our stuff at the farmer's market was that our produce lasted longer than the stuff that was bought at the local grocery store. And. <clears throat> And I think part of that is that when my husband harvests like leafy greens, like kale or lettuce or spinach, he holds the whole plant and, and left the root ball on it. You know, we rinse them off and wrap them in paper towels and stick them in a plastic bag, which is probably not great, but it's what we had. And so the plant isn't dying. It's still alive as, as people are consuming the leaves. Whatever's left is still growing from the root ball in the wet paper towel. And so I'm assuming that's why things last longer. And so I was thinking about that and I thought, hmm, that's a really good marketing thing to have on our little, our website and on our little card. That's just brilliant to me that, that's just brilliant to me that (laughs) that is such an easy, obvious option to solve an issue that, that could take chemicals completely out of it. That, I mean, that that's just a simple thing that could be, that should be, that you said should be marketed. And that, I mean, that's, that's brilliant. That uh, That's, that's something that could, that should have been uh, thought of before. I, I feel like, you know, or <laughs> used on the mass scale or used uh, in our markets or in the food production industries in America. Yeah. And he started doing it the first summer we lived here. So three summers ago. Because we weren't selling at the farmer's market yet. We were selling through a CSA. And I assume you know what a CSA is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So basically, anyone who doesn't know, CSA stands for Consumer Supported Agriculture. And what we did was we had people subscribe to shares from our farm for the summer. And every Saturday or Sunday, depending on when people would come and get their share, they would come every weekend and get a milk crate full of fresh produce depending on what was in season and there were tiny shares because our our farm is a tiny homestead so we had tiny shares which was enough for a couple we had a medium share which was enough for like four or five people and then we had a full share was enough for like seven or eight people for more than a week let's be honest we gave them way more than a week's worth of produce 
And so he was worried that the lettuces and the spinach and the kale would, would wilt long before they could eat it all. So he was like, how do I keep these growing? And I said, well, you could pull them up. And that means the plant is no longer growing in our garden, but it means it will last longer for the customer. And he was like, let's do that. I said, okay. So that's how that came about. But um, we're actually not offering a CSA share this year because we only had two people take us up on it last summer. And I've talked to other CSA people who do the same thing and their um, subscriptions dropped last year as well. And we think that because inflation was so high that people just could not afford the outlay at the beginning of the season, even though it guaranteed them food the entire summer. That is it. That is it. That is interesting. I would, hopefully, hopefully we can get people, uh, hopefully inflation won't be, I, I'm hoping, hopefully, uh, we can get people uh, supporting the CSAs too. Back, uh, it does seem difficult, you know, to drive people to do something that could benefit them that they just don't want to do. Uh, yeah, and we totally understood because our full share last year was five hundred dollars for the summer, and they absolutely would have gotten that value back, but people just didn't have. $500 last March to sign up. Money got real tight over the last two years for a lot yeah. of people. We understood right. it. We, we know. So, but either way, I'm getting slightly away from topic here. Um, so, I you told me why and how you got into this. But but really, what what prompted you? What was the big thing that prompted you to do this this project that you're working on. Oh, as, as you say, there, there's a lot of things that have been going on in the recent history that I felt, you know, we all kind of felt helpless. You know, we, we don't really get to, I felt helpless for a while and uh, not going crazy, but I was like, what is going on in the world? Why is this happening? And then I was like, well, I can't just sit here and complain about it. What, what can I do? And what can I, if, even if it's just one industry, what can I focus on to try to change, you know, so I'm not just sitting here stewing in, you know, toxic negativity, worried, worrying about what the world's doing and why it's the, all these things are happening. I, I, I was like, I, I can put that energy into doing something that I think is uh, agreed by most to be something that is needed in our country. And I wanted to do something that would bring people together uh, during these times. And, uh, the best way to do that is through food. Yes. Yes. Food food is wonderful. Food brings people together. I actually have to get a a date scheduled with friends who would like to come for dinner sometime at the end of this month and I keep meaning to do it and I keep putting it off because I don't know what to make for them. I haven't decided yet. But but yes, every I don't know what you know about Minnesota, but in Minnesota it seems, it seems like every time you plan a get together there must be food. It, it can't just be come over for a cup of coffee. Oh, of course. There's got to be food. And food is, a tough, food is a great thing, but it's a tough thing. I've mentioned this before. Sometimes food is fantastic and a great thing to gather around. But people have issues with food, too. So I'm always kind of 
I don't know. I'm a fence sitter about food. I'm like, do I make a lot? Do I make a little? Do I make it diet friendly? Do I make it really not diet friendly? What do I do? Because I don't want to eat 3000 calories in one sitting. I, I would die. That's not me. But there are lots of people who want the big meal and the, the nice decadent dessert and the after dinner coffee and whatever. So food is one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, food. And then you're like, oh, no, I have to plan this. <laughs> well, the way I look at it from my perspective, I'm gluten intolerant. Mm-hmm. I, I had a I had an issue when I when I worked. I, I almost um, destroyed my, you know, my insides. Yep. Uh, and they were, I was riddled with inflammation all throughout my, uh, all throughout my digestive system at one point. Yeah. And, uh, so I, and through the blood, after all the blood work, you know, they said, don't eat all the, these foods for a while and let it, you know, let it heal and all that. And so when I go to a place I, and I, for a year, over a year, I didn't eat any bread at all, you know? Yep. And if I went to somebody's house and they were doing, had pizza or did something like that, I just either didn't eat or either had to, you know, find something else they had. And I, I mean, I can't, I don't think, I, I usually, if I'm hosting, I'll have a variety of spread, you know, and I'm always, I'm pretty healthy anyways, but uh, you know, if you're, if they're willing to come to your house and eat your food for free, they, they really shouldn't complain too much. <laughs> oh no. And they never would. It's yeah, more, yeah, me, of course, it's right. more me having in performance anxiety. About yeah, yeah. It, but, um, well, you just can't, you just want to please everybody. There's nothing wrong with that. I just want them to like what I made. Yeah, be comfortable, that would be helpful. Yeah, um, but I think I think when you say food brings people together, I think you're saying globally food brings people together. When when people are meeting to break bread together or to acquire food, there's an interaction that happens and that builds community. So that brings people together. That's that's what you're getting at. Well, I think it gives people a sense of. Okay, that person, no matter their beliefs or religion or ethnicity or whatever, we're all human and we, we all got to eat. We all, we're all, I think it uh, drops, drops the veil of, hey, we're just, we're just all trying to survive here. We're, we're still, everybody's minds think when, in any situation is how can I benefit from this? How can I prosper? You know, how can I survive in this situation? And we live in an age where, we are overwhelmed with information uh, uh, to the point where everybody needs to just start eating and, you know, shutting up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think everybody just needs to find peace in, in other people's presence, regardless of what they believe or what they do, how, you know, I, I think the, we got to stop dividing. And I, I think you're right. The food food's going to help do that. And hopefully, drop some of those veils that push people to treat others uh, as lesser because of what they think or, and and you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, I think that food leads to discussion versus debate and and yeah, brilliant discussion. Discussion is sharing ideas. Debate is almost fighting over ideas and we don't, we don't really need any more fighting. We need people to talk and come to some kind of, resolution on how to work together and I, and I feel like we all agree that so, I mean some of the solutions for I mean let's for hunger in our country could be solved uh, I think with the proper resources could should could and should have already been done by now 
Mm-hmm. And like you said, it, it, it's just going to take people to come together and work together uh, and find some find common ground. And I think food is the best place to find common ground. I think so, too. And I think that is an awesome place to wrap this up because we've been talking for half an hour. Hey, well, cool. I wish you I wish you lots of luck with your project. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me about it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And you have a great day. Thank you, Mary. You have a great day, too. All right. Bye. Bye.